What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Who is this year's second half breakout? I think we're going to talk a lot about rookies today. Which rookies could really impact fantasy in the second half? We're not even really done with the first half yet. I'll say that. But, you know, we'll stretch. We are are one-third of the way through the NFL season. Exactly. Yeah, we are. And halfway through the fantasy season. After this week. After this, yeah, after this week. What do you mean? The regular season? Yeah, regular season. Okay, that makes sense. All right, well, yeah, but the second half breakouts can still help you in the fantasy playoffs. So we're not, I don't really buy that we're halfway through. I take issue with that. Uh, Adam, Dave, and Heath here. It's not your birthday today, is it, guys? Because I felt really bad. I didn't know it was Jamie's birthday yesterday. I know. Yeah, I've literally never wished anyone happy birthday. So (laughs) not your kids? You've definitely wished your kids happy birthday. Oh, jeez! No, for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as I, long as as long as their birthdays don't fall on Halloween, Heath is definitely going to celebrate with them. No they're problem. all in August. Oh wow, that's convenient. Expensive month for you. All right. So listen, we uh, we will talk trade. You know, as we always do on Wednesday, but we'll tell you who the second half breakouts are going to be. I asked you on Twitter who are the second half breakouts. We will discuss got a lot of votes for Javante Williams which is just really interesting people are have so much faith in Javante Williams Melvin Gordon's been better than him this year in terms of fantasy points so and obviously we're going to preview the uh, Thursday game now that we know Nick Chubb is out a little bit of a debate with Dearness Johnson right now Heath has Dearness Johnson I don't know about eight spots higher than Dave does so uh, we'll get into that I want to start with something here It is, I don't even think I need to play the Fantasy Cops music, but I'll get it ready just in case. It is perfectly fine to start a player on a buy or players on a buy if you don't want to make, if you don't want to drop good players and you want to kind of sacrifice a week or at least take a chance. It's fine, right? Don't get upset about that. Let people keep keep players on a buy and and not suffer later. This is the problem with trying, and I've, I started doing this in one league. I pretty much never do this. I'm the most hands-off commissioner you've ever seen in your life. And because some people were taking advantage of the IRR rules, I started policing people's teams. And it's just such a slippery slope. And so, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. The problem is we're, we have people every week that start players on a buy across our leagues because they weren't paying attention. Well, okay. We didn't penalize that guy for starting a player on a buy. Well, I don't penal. I don't necessarily penalize people for that. I, I mean, I'm threatening to kick someone out of the podcast league for doing this. <laughs> we've had repeat issues. But, no, but you know, you know, there's a difference. I mean, if you can tell the difference between an engaged manager but, who's but just trying, just like- he's got, he's in a buy, he or she is in a buy week crunch. <clears throat> I think it's totally fine to say, all right, maybe I'm going to lose this week because I have so many players on buy. Yeah, just I agree. All right, one hundred percent. All right, guys. Dave agrees, too. Yep. Two news and notes in a second. I, I want to tell you about our Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. For those of you who love DFS or if you just want to get into it, amazing advice on the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. It's Frank Stamfel, Mike McClure, Sia Najad, 
Now, Frank knows his stuff for sure. Mike and Sia are really true experts in DFS, and they've been very successful. They're going to give you cash and GPP analysis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You're going to get deep dives into the pricing and the matchups. So check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, Sunday is you know another great day of football on CBS. Got a doubleheader with some fantastic early matchups, including the Chiefs and the Titans and the Bengals and the Ravens. And then later, it's an NFC clash between... Rookie quarterback Justin Fields leading the Bears against Brady's Bucks. As always, we get started with the NFL today at noon Eastern and a Sunday doubleheader action coming up this weekend on the NFL on CBS. Your news and notes. Jarvis Landry could play this week. Again, that we'll get into that game a little bit later. Denver and Cleveland on Thursday. Nick Chubb out. Baker Mayfield. So what do you, Dave, what do you make of this Baker Mayfield situation? He's got the shoulder injury. He hurt it again. Last week, he says he's going to play. They said they ha- they are hoping he doesn't need season-ending surgery. What do you make of this Baker Mayfield situation? I'm scared that it'll impact his ability to throw accurately deep, and he's already shown this year that he's had some trouble throwing accurately deep. So does it mean that they're going to become more of a ball control offense and he's more of a game manager? That's, that worries me quite a bit. I'm very, very nervous to start any pass catcher for Cleveland. Do you think that if he had to miss time, it would affect the running game when Chubb, let's just say when Chubb is healthy? Sure. Uh, to a degree. I shouldn't say, it. all right, look, it's not going to turn Nick Chubb into a pumpkin, but I think it definitely makes it easier for defenses to say, all right, we don't have to respect the pass game with Case Keenum under center quite as much, unless Case Keenum proves that he can do something that Baker hasn't been able to do and that's work with Odell Beckham beyond 15-plus yards. Okay. All right, what else we got in the news and notes? We got some left tackles that are out. Ronnie Stanley for the Ravens, very good left tackle out, out, out for the year, but he hasn't played. He only played in week one, and they're and they're an example. It's amazing. The good franchises with, with great quarterbacks can sustain great so many coach. injuries. Yeah, great coach. Except coaching. when it comes to running backs, you idiots. <laughs> well... Also, you know, I, I tweeted the quote, but what Justin Herbert said about the Ravens' defense was so telling. He said uh, that they, I mean, maybe it was more about his own coaching staff, but you know, they were just kind of confused by the looks that they got against the Ravens, and he said they needed to do a better job adjusting. But, yeah, good coaching staff there. Anyway, Ronnie Stanley's out for the season. Left tackle Andrew Thomas for the Giants. He is on IR. Uh, it's not a small deal. Their best offensive lineman, and he's out at least three weeks. Kadarius Tony out this week. As of now, he will not go on IR. Tennessee cornerback Caleb Farley out for the season, rookie. Um, but it was playing a big role. Uh, yeah. Chicago- hey, back to Tony. Hopefully, it's just the one game that he misses because they've got the Chiefs and the Raiders in the next two weeks. And I would imagine he would have some really good numbers in those matchups. Yeah, Heath. Giants, Chiefs. I believe that's a Monday night game. That's, they put that game on Monday night. Isn't that awful? <laughs> really exciting. Well, they had to put the Giants. Like, the Giants seem like more of a Thursday night team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do get to play once a, How many once times a year. Can you just put them at Sunday at one o'clock. Yeah, that's a Monday that's nighter. Crazy. Giants at Kansas City. That's. I think everybody gets one night game though, right? Mm, no, well, everybody, everybody gets, gets one Thursday yeah, game. Everybody gets a Thursday night. You're oh. not guaranteed a Monday night. Or a Sunday night. No, I just thought you got a night game, period. Yeah, a Thursday night. Everyone gets a Thursday night. David Gettleman needs to go night night if you catch my drift. Uh yeah, well, I think I hope you mean you know he Well career wise, career wise. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh Chicago pass rusher Robert Quinn yeah. is is on the reserve COVID list as they get ready for Tampa Bay this weekend. AJ Brown said he will never eat fast food again. He got food poisoning from Chipotle. And I hear oh, sure. so mention the restaurant. Very good. That'll help us in the future. Is Chipotle fast food? I don't think no. so. I think you've got to have a drive through if you're going to call yourself fast food. And I should probably give up fast food too. I but once then again, got park and go in and then it's not fast food anymore. I once got food poisoning from fast food and I vowed never to have it again. And it didn't, it did not last long. So <laughs> you'll, you'll be back on it. AJ Brown. Meanwhile, Julio Jones is day-to-day, and T.Y. Hilton is day-to-day. 
Let's talk about some second half breakouts, guys. So, Heath, you tweeted, who is this year's David Montgomery? That was, of course, a reference to you saying loudly and, and frequently last year, buy low on David Montgomery. Don't forget, also, buy low on Jonathan Taylor last year. And those two guys were top five running backs down the stretch. So Cam Akers. We said it about Cam Akers. We sure did. Yeah, no, yeah. I just wanted this segment to be all about Heath because those were the two guys that he kept coming back to. So Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. You got it. Enjoying this segment. <laughs> so kick it off. Uh, pressure's on now. Well, first off, I, like it legitimately might just be David Montgomery again because when you look at their schedule, it the schedule makers did it again. They finish... Lions, Cardinals, who are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Then they play the Packers. Then Vikings, Seahawks, Giants. Hmm. Like David Montgomery might be a top 10 running back in the second half of the season again and might be a good guy to acquire if you're above 500 right now. Uh, but I've got a list. Do we want to go through the whole list now? Uh, Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. I, I think the Eagles is a pretty good answer, and that starts this week because of their schedule for the next three weeks. But then also in the fantasy playoffs, I believe they go football team, Giants football team, which is pretty good for the passing game. So I think Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard could all four be second-half breakouts. Hurts has kind of already done it, so he's probably a bad example. I mean, but dear the Eagles... Dear goodness, here I, it's not even. You go to week twelve, Giants, Jets, by Washington, Giants, Washington. Wow! Right, the worst part is the buy. Yeah, the buy is in week fourteen, which is weird. But but and uh, and offensive coordinator Shane Steichen said yesterday that they he basically admitted they've got to get Miles Sanders going. So he's a terrific buy low running back. All right, well, let's stay there. Because I think you can make so many great cases for Miles Sanders' schedule. He's been good. He is good. Everyone in Philly. Offensive line getting healthy with Lane Johnson with Lane coming Johnson back. back. There's still no Brandon Brooks. But yeah, I'm, but uh, everyone in Philadelphia seems to know how how good and he is. But can but can we really trust the Eagles to do right by Miles Sanders? Because I really think you could argue they have not done that at any point in his career, other than when Jordan Howard got hurt as a rookie. It, Everybody's new. We can't hold the mistakes of Doug Peterson against this coaching staff. No, I understand that, but they have. But this coaching staff hasn't done it yet, and except maybe week week one, I don't know. But uh, maybe we just all think Miles Sanders is better than he actually is, and the people that that right. really know don't, don't have. There's a reason maybe that he hasn't been given the work that everyone in the world seems to think he should get. So, how much do you trust it with Miles Sanders? Because I just, I don't know. I have trouble trusting. Well, the I think that's really important. Like, if we're doing our job and giving you people to actually break out in the second half, there should be a great deal of question around whether that's going to actually happen. If everybody thinks they're going to break out in the second half, it's not very useful for us to tell us tell you that because nobody's going to let you buy them. Sure, sure. But, uh, but my question is, how much faith do you have in in the Eagles to give him that role that's going to lead to the breakout? I would say some. Because he while they're, least, yeah. they're talking it up and they're saying, first of all, they, 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 need, they have to realize that they need to run the football. Like they've barely done it as it is. So I don't know. If you want to add the physicality element to pro football, which I don't know, it's kind of an important thing. You run the football, you put them in that position and you take pressure off of your quarterback. Who's become, you know, not as good of a passer as he was earlier in the year. So oh. try and bring balance back to that offense. And I think that Sanders can, I, I think they'll give him the chance to do it. His playing time has been up already the last two weeks. Kenneth Gainwell has become an afterthought. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change. So it's all about more opportunities for Sanders. And I, I think there's a chance that he could get it. And the schedule is really good. Okay. Yeah, no, it's great. And there's some there's some serious extenuating circumstances to his usage so far this season. I don't think you can just look at it and say they haven't trusted Miles Sanders. They They won week one. He got 15 carries and 19 touches. They won in week five. He had 11 carries and 16 touches. 
they got the doors blown off by the Cowboys and Chiefs. Those were the two games where he really didn't touch the ball. Last week, they played Tampa Bay. He still had nine carries. So I, I think that the, it's a little overblown how much they haven't trusted him so far. And the last, maybe the most important thing Dave said, there's been a real shift the last couple of weeks towards Miles Sanders playing and away from Kenneth Gainwell playing. They're going to have better game scripts moving forward. We've talked about the schedule. Giants, Washington, Jets for like six games in a row. Those should be games where Miles Sanders is getting 15-plus touches. Man, look at the schedule. If the Eagles aren't careful, they might not have one of those three top 10 picks. Okay? Because they got, they got some Well, I think they're going to be 500 or better, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'll th- you mean by the end of the year or, or rest of yeah. starting that? No. They're 2-4 and four right now. They suck, though. They're playing. They play a five games straight against the Giants, Washington Football Team, and the Jets. That's three and two. That's four and one. That's three. They're not. They're yeah. You know, I look as an Eagles fan. I just don't really buy. No. Our last thing here. They got ten games left in the fantasy regular in the fantasy season, not including Week 18. And eight of their ten opponents are 22nd or worse currently against running backs. Okay, Heath, continue on right. your list. Yeah. So that took care of about a, a half the list. Um. Tua Tagovailoa. Oh. Yes. Just threw for 300 yards against Jacksonville. Has a pretty favorable schedule himself in the second half, and they have absolutely no run game. I don't fully expect him to ever have Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Gesicki all healthy at the same time. That seems like too much to ask with the health history of those guys. But I do think there's a possibility he'll have a long stretch with three of those guys healthy. And against this schedule, with no run game, throwing the ball 35-plus times a game, I think Tua might be a borderline top-12 quarterback rest of the season. All right, let's see. He is 50% rostered, and people might think of him just as, well, yeah, he's going to have trouble starting him in Week 8 at Buffalo, but uh, he's a start this week against Atlanta. They give up the fourth-most points. And then just a couple others real quick. Oh, go ahead. I didn't think you wanted to spend too much time on Tua because his hope is that he'd be a a low-end number-one quarterback. Um, the rookie running back, I would say it about is not Javante Williams. It's Michael Carter. Cause I think he's already got a better chance at winning that job. He's clearly better than the other guys in the backfield. And I think there's a chance that offense will be more improved. AJ Brown and Cole Komet were my last two. Oh, I hate Michael Carter's schedule coming out of the bye. Um, but you know what? It doesn't, you know, let's not think too short term here. There are a lot of weeks left. There are 10 weeks left. In, until your fantasy season's over if you don't play in week 18. But Patriots, Bengals, Colts, and Bills, then it gets so much easier. Dolphins, Texans, Eagles. He's a true second-half breakout. There you go. There you go. Okay, uh, Dave, you are up. As opposed to all the fake second-half breakouts that we've given you. Uh, oh, I want a second Tua. I, I think that if you're a manager that likes to carry two quarterbacks, neither of them being must-start guys, uh, yeah, Tua should be one of those quarterbacks that you carry, and you can get him off the waiver wire right now. Okay, that's it. Well, that's what I was going to add there. No, but do you have any second-half breakouts that you'd like to talk about? Oh, okay. All right, then we'll just go to the listeners. And I think everyone on this show, everyone at CBS, at CBS is uh, required to fill out a form saying that they believe in Keenan Allen and don't freak out about Keenan Allen, so... Uh, we like Keenan Allen as a second-half breakout. I'm optimistic for Terry McLaurin. First of all, we all think he's really good. If you look at his game log so far, he has had four games with 10 or fewer PPR fantasy points. So he's had two huge games and four kind of duds, especially for a player like Terry McLaurin. But I don't see why Taylor Heineke would keep the job when Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy. I feel like that opportunity was lost. So I, I'm hoping for... Uh, I'm hoping for... Heineke or for Fitzpatrick to uh, unleash the beast in Terry McLaurin and his schedule gets better than what it was. He's had some tough matchups in the first half. Last week was disappointing, but uh, maybe he was hurt. We don't know. So Hold on, is it too obvious to say that guys like Jerry Judy and Michael Thomas are second half breakouts? No, we have to talk about Thomas for sure. We're going to talk. You know what? I have a new a segment addressing both of those players sure. in a little okay, bit. Good. I did go a lot more high end than Heath there, but those are more by lows than breakouts. Okay, uh, Mendel, I asked the people on Twitter, who are your second-half breakouts? Mendel said Mike Gasicki. And the MO on Gasicki, guys, is when people have been hurt, he's been great. When people have been healthy, he hasn't been. But I think Tua fits him really well. 
so do you think Kosicki is a second-half breakout or at least continues his current breakout right now? I can't imagine that he's not, given just how tight ends are. Here's a guy that's going to get good target volume, theoretically, from week to week. And just go back to what Heath said about there being no run game. And we we talked about Philly's run game. And, oh, here's how they can fix it. They can put Miles Sanders in. And, and the coaches have talked about it. Miami, I don't know if they've got a fix. It's not as easy as saying, well, give Miles Gaskin the ball. They tried to do that at the beginning of their game against Jacksonville, and he stunk. Or give Savan Ahmed the ball. Well, they've, they've done that before, and he's been okay. Uh, I don't know if they really believe in Ahmed being a, a true feature back. And we don't want to see Malcolm Brown as their feature back. So this is a team that might have a hard time running the football. They'll put the ball in the air. A tight end is a great alternative when you need to get you know, those third and five conversions or those first and ten. You want to get six, seven yards off the first play. Gesicki can be that guy. I was especially encouraged by how he was used last week compared to how he was used in week one with Tua when he had zero catches. So I love that call. But the problem is, is that a lot of people have Gesicki already and they're probably in a position where they can't trade him unless they're improving at tight end. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is that it's second half breakouts and not first half breakouts. Right, he's already broken out. Well, no, he has not already broken out. I mean, he's not having that great of a year. I do not anticipate him having a better year than he has had. He has three of his last four games. He's scored at least 18, 16 PPR fantasy points. Yeah, he's not. Like, if right. that's not a breakout, I don't know what it is. Well, he's the number eight tight end in fantasy right now. So, yes, based yep. on the last four games, that's a breakout. But week one, he had zero catches. And, you know, you could just you could just argue that he's taken advantage of Will Fuller's absence and Devontae Parker's absence recently. I think that's right. the point, right? So it's like, can he keep this up as a top eight tight end in the second half as a, as a true difference maker at the position? Because he's getting a t- six targets every game or more, you know, Catches are good. Gives you a nice little floor in PPR. So I, yeah, I think he can definitely keep up the top eight and the what he's done on average over the first six weeks of the season. If you want to count week one on average, yeah. But he's not going to keep out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eleven point seven. I got in in decimal scoring. Okay, next up, uh, Miles Sanders. All right, we already talked about that. How about from Sunset on Mars? Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk, second half breakouts. Listen, points for following the uh, the the spirit of the rule, and uh, extra points for degrees of difficulty. Um, I, these are I don't see it, but that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. So but that's yeah. So it's fine if we disagree. It's, it's hard agree. for me to imagine both of those happening because I don't think Trey Lance is a very good passer yet. Right. Uh, and how many more weeks is Kittle out for? Is it one, two? One more, I think. I think for one sure more. one more. And then after that, there might be another one. We just don't know. Well, when is I wouldn't mind having Ayuk on the bench this week just to see yes. what happens coming out right. of the bye in San Francisco. Right. I'm more likely like, 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 second half breakout, but I could see a I could see a Brandon Ayuk second half breakout. I could see a Trey Lance second half breakout. I just don't think they work together. I'm sorry. So Kittle has to miss at least two more games. He could come back okay. in week nine. Terrific. So they play the Colts and then the Bears. Garoppolo figures to be under center for both games. I think Ayuk is worth considering for the bench. Okay. Next up, question uh, breakout from Dan. Alex Collins. Carson could be out a while. Collins has looked good. Alex Collins, second half breakout. I don't know if we love that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems... Uh, when when they're all healthy in Seattle, are we getting a true workhorse at all from Chris Carson or the Seahawks going to say, all right, we're going to mix and match and use a bunch of guys and make everybody in fantasy really ticked off? I'm kind of scared that's what's going to happen. So I say no to Alex Collins. Okay. Uh, King Hassan says literally every rookie except for Trey Sermon. <laughs> Let's I, do this. Who who are the rookie wide receivers that you really wouldn't expect a breakout from? You know, so 
So how about Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall? Do we think that's just not going to happen most likely? Not on a consistent basis with any of them. I The path for Rondale Moore is one injury to any of the three guys ahead of him, I think. And so, but I think he needs that, especially with Ertz being signed. Um, or maybe an injury to Chase Edmonds, and he might just take over more of that role, which he'd, he'd probably be really good at. I don't see it with Elijah Moore. Um, Terrace Marshall, if Robbie Anderson has another bad week and then Marshall can get fully healthy, I could see a situation where all of a sudden it's DJ Moore getting 25% and Terrace Marshall getting 20% because they're just tired of Robbie Anderson dropping passes. And what about Dave... Amonra St. Brown or Rashad Bateman? Do you think it's possible that they could Bateman, break Bateman, for sure with Bateman. We know what he is. He's a good outside receiver. He's a good route runner. Lamar, is, as, as we've discussed now for a couple of weeks, he's been outstanding throwing the football this year. So there's absolutely a case to be made for Bateman to be a second-half stud. St. Brown's going to be more of a volume-dependent type of receiver. He 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 fits in well when Jared Goff is getting rid of the ball quickly. Last week, Goff was holding on to the ball a little bit longer. That led to some bad things happening for Detroit. I I don't see St. Bra St. Bra St. Brown as someone who's going to be your bra in fantasy <laughs> life. So when he's good, he's a Munra St. Bra. But when he's bad, he's a Munra St. Bra. I could see him Bra-Bra. having a Jarvis Landry type breakout. Okay. Where he catches like, let's say, seven passes a game for sixty yards. I got it. All right. Okay. And I, then I have a harder time seeing it with Bateman because I just don't know whose expense it would come at. Okay. And, and if he's good, if he's good, he's a Monroe Saint bro. If he's yeah. bad, he's a Monroe Saint boo. <laughs> there you go. And you get a little Halloween theme in there too. All right. And then for the quarterbacks, do you think Trevor Lawrence? Wilson, Lance, Fields, Mac Jones, do you think any of them, Davis Mills, become fantasy starters? Like better than Tua? I kind I'm of scared I'm, to say it with I Lawrence. Kind of feel it with Trevor. Like Trevor Lawrence is starting to play better. Yeah. He really and he's running. He I don't I don't think I mean, obviously everybody's so set at quarter. Most players are so set at quarterback, most fantasy players, that I don't know that they're gonna have a huge impact here. But. Sure. So is there a rookie quarterback that we can look at and say the same thing about, as we said with Tua, which is he deserves a roster spot. He's an awesome streaming quarterback. Maybe a guy you pair with another quarterback. Not yet. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say that with any of them. Okay. Then let's have a conversation about Javante Williams here. Let's do it. Because people, this might've been the answer I got the most for second half breakout. People still believe in it. Dave, you had him as a buy low last week. And there's just no separation. And, and the, the other thing that I'll point out is that the first three games of the year, they ran the ball a lot more because they played the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars, and they steamrolled them. They've lost their last three games, and they've you know, used these guys, Gordon and Williams, are getting nine, 10 carries, something like that. So it's not as valuable you know, when they're, just, when they're not beating the three worst teams in football, basically, or three of the worst. So yeah, do, do you still believe in, in Javante Williams as a bylo? Yes, he's you're right about how he's been splitting and it's been uncanny how close to 50 50 they've been in almost any area. Overall snaps, third down snaps, red zone snaps. They've been like last week, for example, Melvin played eight snaps on third or fourth down. Javante played nine Uh, last week. Melvin played 40 snaps overall. Javante had 37. They're really, really close. Javante's been more explosive and he's done better breaking tackles. So I would imagine when it comes to efficiency metrics, you would see Williams as the much better running back compared to Melvin Gordon. But Melvin's been steady. He can get them anywhere. Yeah, like five-yard carries, eight-yard carries, do it consistently, not turn the ball over. He's staying healthy. He's not bad in the pass game. He's not used as much in the pass game as Williams, but he's not bad in it. And so the Broncos don't really have a reason to, to move away from Melvin Gordon or to change this split, which means they're basically in the same boat every week in terms of whether or not you start or sit them. This week, I think they're okay. But I think in time, Gordon could struggle 
Because if if all he, if he's not getting explosive plays now, can we count on him to eventually get them? I'm going to say no. So the only way he could go from here is down. On top of the fact that he's older, on top of the fact that he could have an injury. I mean, they could both get hurt, obviously, but Melvin could be more susceptible to it just because he's an older running back. So those little those little things, on top of the fact that if Denver's season gets away from them, eventually they'll say, all right, let's turn the page and let's see what this kid can do. And they'll just let him go. And I, I could see him playing a role similar to what we saw from Cam Akers last year where we get to, at the latest, mid-November, and he's taking off. And uh, he's he's a running back in Denver who's dominating all the carries that we want. I I really at this point just have to believe it. It requires an injury. Um, or I mean, Melvin Gordon could just age could affect him finally. But I don't. I can't find anything that suggests that. Like Dave said, what's what's the thing that would make the Broncos want to not play Melvin Gordon anymore? Their record, I suppose. Right. He would have to regress. Or, or they could just be awful. And I don't, I don't know why I don't he would more be. be. What's that? I don't think they'll be awful. I don't think they're going to get to a point where they're just playing for the future and they're well out of playoff. I mean, they're probably going to hover well, around 500. If they were, there'd be no motivation to give 20 touches to the guy they want to be their running back next year. No, I don't know, because I think that you have to see what you have in him. So I think they could yep. go they're, youth they're movement. plenty. They're seeing a guy who breaks a big run almost every game. So I, 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 I think that he's... You know, I'd like to know if he can handle the every down work. I'd like to know. I think I don't, I don't know. I could see both I, sides of the coin. The, so yeah, maybe it is an injury. That, well, that's the know. other thing. If they were a team or a coaching staff, and they may not even have the same coaching staff next year, um, but if they were a team or a coaching staff who had indicated they wanted to have a bell cow back, then I think seeing if he could handle that role would be very important. They have told us repeatedly that they would like a two back system. And so I don't know that there's much motivation to give him 20 touches a game if that's not the plan in the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is your Devontae Williams discussion. They do have a great schedule after the bye. They have a bye in Week 11 after that. They've got the Chargers twice, at Kansas City, Detroit, Cincy, at Vegas. It's pretty good. It is. The Chargers are pretty injured. I was reading about them last night. Um, Mm -hmm. They could have Where have I heard that before? A much better run defense. They're going to get it. I think after the bye, they're going to get one of their top defensive tackles back. It'll beat up at linebacker as well. So it looks like an amazing matchup. Maybe it will still be, but maybe it won't be quite as good. Um, Okay, that concludes our second half breakout discussion. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. I've uh, got some quick questions for you here, and then we'll break down the game, the Thursday night game. Let's go quickly on these here. What is Christian McCaffrey's value, Dave? We don't know if he's for sure coming back in three weeks, do we? No. No one said anything. Matt Rule hasn't said anything. Christian McCaffrey hasn't said anything. Pretty sure he didn't rule him out. I'm hopeful that he will be just as good as he was and just as used as he was when he does come back. Um, after this IR stint, but man, there's there's a chance that the Panthers could really move back on how much work they give him. That that'll also depend on their record and where they're at in the well, NFC. Where is he on the it. trade chart, though? Where's to, he on to the answer the question? Chart? Oh, hold on, a low end number one where, running back. Where where is he on the trade chart? He's a low end number one running back okay. in trade, but he's nowhere <laughs> near the top. Right. So is he Jonathan Taylor or McCaffrey? Taylor. Taylor. Barkley or McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Okay. Uh, what about Michael Thomas? What is Michael Thomas's value? He's got a chance to end up as a top 15 receiver rest of season. I don't think you have to give up that type of value to get him. Low end number two wide receiver. When like he, that's his value right now. Right. When, when he comes back then, follow up. When he comes back, you expect Michael Thomas to be what? High end number two receiver. Okay. Would you rather have, when he's back, do you think you'd rather have CD Lamb or Michael Thomas? 
Lamb. Thomas. Would you rather have the Daryl Henderson or Michael Thomas? Henderson. Henderson. Okay. It's the most injury prone running back in the world, but okay. Is now the time to trade and Michael Thomas never gets hurt, by the way. Yeah. It is never. Now the time to trade Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant as Jerry Judy could could be back tomorrow, probably not. So let's say next week. Is now the time to trade Sutton and Fant? I think there's a lot better argument for Sutton than Fant. Um, but I'm not convinced of the argument on either. As I said last night on our waiver wire YouTube stream. Cortland Sutton, so far, when we've seen him play and Jerry Judy play, has been better than Jerry Judy. We had a projection coming into this year that Judy would take a step forward and Sutton might not be the same guy, and so Judy would be better than Sutton. Now we've got Judy coming back midseason when Sutton's in midseason form, and I think the expectation should be that Cortland Sutton's going to be better than Jerry Judy rest of season. Okay, why don't you see the argument for Noah Fant, who's actually coming off his best game of the year, and the yards have been so inconsistent and mostly low. Um, yeah, I feel like Fant's I, a better case. I don't think Noah Fant's in, targets are going to be impacted by Jerry Judy because I think they have uh, a pile of wide receiver targets and a pile of running back targets and a pile of tight end targets, and Jerry Judy's targets will come from the wide receiver pile. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I I get that, but it's just like, how could he? What about the red zone targets? Maybe those start going to to Jerry Judy, you know, and not to Noah Fant. Um, yep, if Judy, if Judy's making big plays on the field, I think that probably hurts Noah Fant. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if you're sitting there, you're Teddy Bridgewater, and you just added your best wide receiver back, and he might be. I don't know how that doesn't hurt Noah Fant. You know what I mean? Fant is. He's playing so well right now, though. Is he, though? Really, he did last really, week, but is he? he? It hasn't necessarily been on a week-to-week basis, but well, he scored in two of his last three and three or four games so far this season. Do you know what he was I, on I pace what, for before week six? Before week six, yeah, he was on pace for 563 yards. yards. That was a 16-game yep. pace, 563 yards. Now it's uh, 728 yards per 16 games, which is still crap. What are you going to do after you trade Noah Fant? Now, if you've got Fant and Knox, Fant and Schultz, Fant and Gronk, I get it. You can move on from Fant. Someone will give you something for him. But if Fant is your only tight end, then you're going to go back to streaming after you trade him? No. You better get something good for him if you're going to do that. He's a tight end who's got a chance to score and get you good yardage from game to game. Are DeAndre Hopkins and CeeDee Lamb sell highs? Yes. Yes, but I would wait one more week on Hopkins to really sell high. And who do you like better rest of season, Lamb or Hopkins? Probably still Hopkins. Probably still Hopkins, but it's really close. You know, for Lamb, when they've had games that they haven't just blown out the other opponent, he's gotten nine or more targets in all three of those games. They beat Carolina. They beat Philadelphia and the Giants by 20 plus points. They beat Carolina by 10. And Lamb had three to six targets in those games. But if they're playing more even games, you know, I guess you could say Gallup's coming back. God damn, he's so good, though. Sorry for the profanity there. I, you know, I just like, I don't want to trade CeeDee Lamb. I think he's one of the best receivers in football. I agree. And he's on such a great offense. So what would you be looking to get? Number one receiver last Sunday. What would yeah? What would you be looking to get for Lamb if you were going to sell him? If I was going to sell CD Lamb, I would try and turn him into. This sounds weird, but in non PPR, Leonard Fournette, just to get a a running back that I don't have to make a lineup decision on moving forward. Even in non PR, DeAndre Swift, obviously in PPR, same thing with both guys. Um, Mixon, if you have to throw in a little something, that would be great. I think a trade for Mark Andrews straight up isn't out of the question in non-PPR or full PPR, maybe closer to non than full. But I think Lamb, if you want to sell high, this is where you should look, is something like that. Uh, I mean, he sounds like he's an elite player or close to it, you know, so at least in Dave's mind. 
those guys are pretty damn good that you were mentioning. Okay, a couple more questions here, or three more. We can do this one really quickly. Is Kadarius Tony going to be this year's Justin Jefferson? Hmm. Uh, uh, no. I think Jamar Chase is this year's Justin Jefferson. Sure. All right. I think he could still be pretty darn good, though. You know, Jamar Chase is the second wide receiver ever with 500 receiving yards and five touchdowns in his first six games. Wow. It's pretty good. That's excellent. You know who the first was? CeeDee Lamb. No. Who? Justin Jefferson. Randy Moss. Oh, Randy Moss. Well, okay. That's pretty good. Makes sense. Uh, Katarius Tony's only 67% rostered, so uh, we may not think of him as a stash, but stash him. Will anyone emerge in the 49ers backfield? Not for more than a couple of weeks at a time. Probably not. Are you are we taking Kadarius Tony over like Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith now? It's no, not I'm that close. way on the trade chart, but I obviously not after what Waddle did last week and not what we think that Devontae Smith can still do. So he's Remember the that great schedule that we talked about for Philadelphia. It's gonna help Smith. He's the fourth rookie wide receiver right now. To me, he'd be third. Who are I, you taking out, Smith? Waddle. Waddle's averaging, well, I don't even know, seven, eight yards per catch. He's doing nothing with I, it. So I like that he's got three touchdowns in three games with Tua Tonga Vailoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the target volume last week was outstanding. And this is another player whose role could develop as the season goes on. I hope so. But I just, I mean, Tony's just kind of blowing my mind. He is incredible. But but he's hurt, yeah. so I, I can understand. you. I don't really like to trade for hurt players or anything like that, so I can understand taking it behind right. Waddle. But I think when he's on the field, uh, I'm, I just, holy cow, I, he's Beckham. Okay, well, wow. I'm sorry to say it, but he's... he's We've got to mark all of these tapes. Look, I, I'm going to be right about this, so you can mark it. Uh, the guy's a star. Yeah. What he is doing is incredible. I mean, the, he has made more flash plays in three games, and, th- and one of those games was one drive than most wide receivers make uh, in half a year. It's amazing what he's... he's just. Where would Kadarius Tony be in your dynasty wide receiver rankings right now? Second round pick. If in a startup dynasty league, am I right? He's probably top 12. I really, truly believe in him. <laughs> no, I do. I believe in him. I really this do. Awesome. That's fine. Okay. I you. That's fine. Yeah. I accept it. I understand. I am gaga, but... I tried to tell everybody going into the Dallas game. I tried to tell anybody, everybody. He had 189 yeah. yards. And it wasn't just like, oh, he got wide open. behind the, He was juking people. He was making everyone. He's amazing. He's special. I'm telling you. All right, last question. It's gone on way too long. Will, will Marquise Brown, give me 30 seconds. Will Marquise Brown slump when both Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman are healthy? There's a chance he's more... Big play slash red zone dependent. Won't be as yeah, good as what I, I am just going to expect that as they have throughout their time together in Baltimore, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews will be around 23 to 25% of the target share, and everybody else will have to figure it out. Okay, I hope that's the case. They are the only Baltimore players with more than one green zone target, more than, I think, three red zone targets. So that's still, and they have the same amount, Brown and Andrews. So they're still getting all those targets. And Brown has already dropped four touchdowns this year. Two of them came on the same drive. So he could realistically have three more touchdowns, which would help Lamar Jackson's overall numbers. Okay. By the way, Heath, you have your updated dynasty wide receiver rankings? Yeah, I was just going to go down the list and and you tell me which guy you would take where to stop for Kadarius? Yeah, it's, when you're not looking at the list, it's hard. It's easy to be like, oh, yeah, he's top 12. This, I'm sure, is going to humble me a little bit. But go ahead. Justin Jefferson? No, keep going. Devontae Adams? No, keep Jamar, going. Jamar Chase? No. Tyreek Hill? No. C.D. Lamb? No. D.K. Metcalf? No. Calvin Ridley? No. Stephon Diggs? No. A.J. Brown? No. D.J. Moore? I guess no. Terry McLaurin? <sighs> no. <laughs> Chris Godwin. Ooh. Who's next? <laughs> um, it's a it's a group Deontay Johnson. Yes, Tony over Deontay Johnson. Okay. So you've got him around wide receiver 12. Yeah. Um, All right. 
And that was, that's not, I'm not sure that's a, a second round pick, but I think I have him at wide receiver 30. So yeah, yeah. could you, could you go maybe five more names, Heath, please? Uh, well, let's just, I, I can pick out some names. Devonte Smith. I think I'd still rather I'd have ra- Smith. I'd rather have Smith. Okay. Yeah. Jerry Judy. You know where I'm going to come out on that. Judy. I think it's fine. Um, Marquise Brown. Oh, Tony. Maybe there. Um, I, I've got to pick the younger guys because like, yeah. Um, Jalen Waddle. Tony. Maybe. Tony. I'm sorry. Maybe Tony. All right, let's go to Denver and Cleveland. Keep in mind that you've seen it from him in two games and four plays. Yep, I am a believer, total believer. Yeah. All right, Dave, uh, it's Thursday night football time. Na, 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 na. Yeah. Denver at Cleveland. Let's go right to the fun stuff, the running backs. The Ernest Johnson is, let's see, let me just get the updated rankings here. He is 18th for Jamie, 23rd for Dave, 13th for Heath and Nan, and in full PPR, 20th for Jamie, 24th for Dave, and 16th for Heath. Heath, you're going to have a tough time getting Dearness Johnson out of your lineup. Yeah, I don't think I was able to acquire him on the waiver wire in any leagues last night, so I don't believe that's going to be an issue for me. Um, I, I just think that the Browns are probably going to run it 25 times, and at least 15 of those are going to Dearness Johnson. And I don't think this offensive line is going to be quite as bad as it was last week. And so if you tell me a guy's got 15-plus carries and probably two or three targets, he's going to be, especially this week, he's going to be a top 15-ish running back. And he's an average talent go ahead, in sorry. a very good situation. But it, but that's the thing. Is he in such a good situation? Because the tackles, both their tackles might miss the game. And Baker's so banged up. So, you know, how much and and the Broncos have had they've got some injuries at linebacker. I talked about that yesterday, but the Broncos have had a very good run defense. There has not been a carry longer than 20 yards by a running back against the Broncos this year. So they're not giving up big plays. Uh, It's okay. I don't think Johnson has a carry longer than 20. Maybe he has one or two carries longer than 20 yards in his career. So he's going to need volume. Probably like he could always break one. He could always score two touchdowns at the goal line or something. But you, you think he probably needs volume here. Does he have that good of a situation? I think it's a really good situation because not only is he taking on a Denver defense without both starting inside linebackers and at least one backup inside linebacker, plus a defensive line that's been good, not great. He's doing it at home on a short week. So the Broncos got done playing Sunday late, and now they've got to travel to Cleveland. Johnson's got fresh legs. Barely played last week. Really hasn't played much at all this season. I think it's it's just a good opportunity for him. But he's a he he gets what's blocked for him. So if that offensive line and especially the interior guys are on their A game, he'll do fine. The other area where I think Johnson can be good is on little screen passes where the guards move out of the way. They they throw a pass to the flat, and he's got blockers in front of him. Again, he's getting what's blocked in front of him. He doesn't have a lot of speed to his game. He's not very elusive, but he's got this opportunity, and I think that's what Heath's counting on when he ranks him as high as he does. I've seen enough you know, average running backs in good opportunities before, including Devontae Booker last week, kind of leave us high and dry. If you're, if you're okay with what Devontae Booker gave you last week, then you should be thrilled with Dearness Johnson. And honestly, I think he can be a little bit better than what Devontae Booker gave you last week. So he's a number two running back for me, but toward the bottom of the list. I would like to know some of the guys that Dave has ranked just ahead of Dearness Johnson, because I think everything that Dave said, I pretty much agree with. I don't necessarily, I just, I think I'm having a harder time finding running backs that I want to start over him. And the other thing is, this is a reason why when you're using like full season statistics versus running backs versus what has happened lately, it can be really misleading. The Denver Broncos, the first three weeks of the season, did not allow double-digit fantasy points to any of the running backs they faced. Over the last two weeks, they've allowed a combined 60 fantasy points to Najee Harris, Kenyon Drake, and Josh Jacobs. But it's not like they those guys are running destroyed. all over them, okay? And that's why 
I like per carry data because they're scoring touchdowns, but they're not embarrassing the Denver Broncos. They're not running all over them, but they are scoring. But you, that's less reliable. You would say it too. The, the touchdowns are less reliable. So they still have had a good run defense. For the season, they're giving up with 3.75 yards per carry to running backs. And like I said, I, nobody has a carry longer than 20 yards. And look, it, it's not like Josh Jacobs, 16 for 53. Latavius Murray, 18 for 59. Najee Harris was the only really good one, 23 for 122 yards. He's the only I running back. I the last two weeks, and Najee Harris, like if you want, if we want to go yards, no, per he carry, was good. He's the only one who's been good. Kenyon Drake picked up 34 yards on four carries. He had a lo- okay. He had the long run, right? But he had four. But Josh Jacobs had 16. Ca- like, are you telling me they don't have a good run defense? They have not had a good run defense the past two weeks. I no. don't agree with that, really. The- Oh, well, I, I by yards per carry, they have not had a good deal. Like, I don't know what measurement I would have to use to convince well, you. Well, I mean, I get— It's basically I, I guess, because Josh Jacobs had a low yards per carry. They have a good run defense. I, okay, for, because why are you just looking at the last two weeks, though? You're the, you're the king of because big sample sizes. Because they've had a sizes. bunch of injuries. They've had, they had one injury at linebacker last week. They had Josie Jewell out. I don't remember when he went out. But, all right, all right look, maybe you're right. Can I remind you guys of one thing? Who did the Broncos play in the first three weeks and maybe even stretch out to four weeks of the season? They played Barkley and James Robinson the first two weeks. Hold on. They played Barkley when he was on a snap count. They played James Robinson when the Jaguars were not running the football. After that, right, they played the Jets. Yeah, I, Enough I, said. I, this is going to go on too long. So let's just finish up here with Dearness Johnson. Uh, Dave, Heath wanted to know who you'd start over him. I would start both Broncos running backs ahead of him. I would start Devontae Booker ahead of him. I really like Booker's matchup against Carolina. Uh, I currently have Damian Harris ranked ahead of him. That's something. That's someone that might change. I've got Damian Williams ranked ahead of him. We're assuming that he's going to play. Oh, if he doesn't play, then I'm probably not going to start him. I um that I do have Khalil Herbert ahead of him, but that's I just realized something that we have a. Uh, a difference in who we're ranking in the Bears' backfield, so I need to fix that because I did not think we were ranking Damian Williams yet. All right, we'll talk about it after the show. Um, but like the the two Broncos and the Devonte Booker range, that's the place where I really struggle um, because I don't. I think that the Broncos running backs might have a worse matchup than Dearness Johnson, and they are not going and to get sweating, what right? a, near as high of a percentage of the carries. I think they're better running backs than Dearness Johnson. So I agree with that. They 100%. might, they might, they might not see like Dearness Johnson. We're looking at 15 carries and three catches, right? Something like that. Keith, I would say, I think that the 15 carries part is closer to the floor than the ceiling, but the three catches is probably closer to the ceiling than the floor. Okay. And then when it comes to Javante Williams, maybe it's 12 carries and three catches. He's been right around that. When it comes to Melvin Gordon, it's been 12 Who do you carries think? or two catches. So they're close. I think the Broncos running backs will be more efficient than Johnson. I another like I think it depends on what you think this game script is as well. Um yeah, it, it could honestly be any of the possible game scripts that are out there. Because if the if the, the Browns are winning, which I I mean, the Browns aren't the only team that has a bang up quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater could not hardly get to the podium because his first his foot is so badly injured. Mm-hmm. And you guys are ranking him 15th, by the way. So we got to move on to other players here. So uh, I'm sure you're trying to sit Baker Mayfield, but you have Bridgewater 15th. So uh, would you start Bridgewater or Tannehill this week? Tannehill. Tannehill. Would you start Bridgewater or Tua? Tua. Like There's like six streamers ahead of him, and he's 15th. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bridgewater or Sam Darnold? Oh, Bridgewater. If he's healthy and he practices... Today, I would say Bridgewater over Darnold. Okay, yeah. uh, so the Denver running backs could be decent as number two options here. Uh, would you start Khalil Herbert against the Bucks, or or you got to make the Thursday night decision because you don't know about Damian Williams? Khalil Herbert or uh, Gordon or Javante? I think I'm going with the Broncos running backs over Herbert. I don't like that's not a question we can answer on Wednesday morning. That's going to be a Thursday at 6 p.m. decision because hopefully by then we'll know whether Damian Williams has even one negative test yet. He gets that first negative test, then you can start feeling a lot more comfortable about Williams playing. And if Williams playing, then it's easily the Broncos running backs. Well, I'm almost certain we're going to have an update on Williams by the end of the day, Wednesday. Would you start, uh, that'd be helpful. Would you start um, Damian Williams, or sorry, would you start uh, a Broncos running back or Tim Patrick? 
I think it's easy to start the running back in non PPR. In full PPR, I just want to make sure I'm right on this. I would start Patrick. <sighs> yeah, I probably would too. Okay, would you start? Uh, well, okay, who's the second best? I'll tell you what, though, it's harder to do that if it's Drew Locke under center. If it's Bridgewater, yes. If it's Drew Locke, uh, I'm not like, about it. The, the rule generally is that Thursday night's the tiebreaker to take guys out of your lineup, and that's harder in week seven because this is the worst week of fantasy football of my lifetime. But, <laughs> but I True. still think it should definitely be the tiebreaker. Like all these guys we're talking about, should we start them? Would you, I would rather not. All right. Who's the second best wide receiver in this game? Cortland Sutton's top 12. He's a must start. Who's the second best wide receiver in this game? Patrick. Yeah. Over Beckham. Yeah. So we're sitting Odell Beckham. Beckham is doing nothing wrong. It's, it's, um, he's had terrible drops on fourth down in the red zone back to back weeks. Has he? Yes. How did I miss that? Well, even still, Baker's missed him on some some big plays. That part's true also. Beckham should have had better numbers. Baker Mayfield screwed it up. But Beckham has had a couple of really bad drops too. I just have a and ton of trouble shoulder, trusting. Right? Well, I've got to have trouble trusting Mayfield here, which is part of it because he's, he's so banged up. His tackles are banged up. He's facing a good defensive front. It's not inspiring to start Beckham. He's a number three receiver in the rankings this week. And uh, nobody's going to – you don't want to start Njoku – and Noah Fant is top eight, and I'm pretty sure that's it for this game. No, no, no. Dave, sorry. There's no, no, no. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, Fantasy Cops. we got some good ones this week. This is from Reardon. Reardon asks, how does everyone feel about couples trading? My husband is 5-1, and one, and he is the commissioner. I am 3-3 three and three with all of the injuries we decided to trade. He gave me Justin Fields, Joe Mixon, and Daryl Henderson. I gave him Baker Mayfield, Christian McCaffrey, and Antonio Brown. He wants a team at playoffs, and I need to win to make. A f- uh, I need to win a few to make it to the playoffs. Our trade got vetoed. FML. What do you all think? We play in a league with a lot of friends and sore losers. I think so. She. T- that's a good trade. I mean, Fields, Mixon, and Henderson for Baker Mayfield, McCaffrey, and Antonio Brown. And it got vetoed. That's what's up with that. Pretty this sure it's a lopsided trade in favor of the McCaffrey Brown side. You're getting you're getting Mixon and Henderson right now. Those guys are good. It's probably it's closer than it was when McCaffrey was healthy. Vetoable? This is not vetoable. This is well, you why. know how I feel, and I think he feels the same way. Like vetoing trades shouldn't happen. No. This is why all, no one should have the the power to do this because they will abuse it. Fine, but this is a fine trade. And no, yes, it's not so egregious that it should be vetoed a bull. Exactly. Okay. From LJ, from a California city with a huge sign in it. I think that's Modesto. (laughs) Okay. I love that Modesto sign. A team verbally offered me AJ Brown for Daryl and Emmanuel Sanders. I thought he was trading me A.J. Brown for Daryl Williams and Sanders, but he meant A.J. Brown for Daryl Henderson and Emmanuel Sanders. No last names were discussed. So I sent the trade, his A.J. Brown for my Daryl Williams and Emmanuel Sanders, and he accepted it without looking. Now the trade is getting vetoed for being unfair. He has Clyde Edwards-Ealer, so I think it's a fine trade. This guy thought he was trading A.J. Brown to get Daryl Henderson and Emmanuel Sanders. The other guy gave him Daryl Williams and Sanders. He accepted the trade without looking. Now it's getting vetoed. What do you think? It shouldn't be vetoed, but if that's not the trade he meant to make, you shouldn't want him to make it. It should be reversed. Yeah, right? Give him Daryl Henderson. At some point, the guy needs to make clear who he expects to get in the trade. Doesn't say the last name when you're talking deal. The deal is offered up through the website. You get an email or a notification or something before you actually hit the accept button saying who you're getting in the trade. If I'm the commissioner and I'm not, unless I see, like there's, the commissioner won't have the information necessary to prove that he was looking for a different Daryl. I don't know if I overturn it. I think I might have to let it stand. 
Now, maybe you don't give him Daryl Henderson because maybe you don't want to make that trade, but because you thought he was talking about Williams. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm with Heath. I would I would reverse the trade because he didn't. All right, so it's two to one. But interesting. Why would you call Daryl Henderson Daryl? Who would call him by his first What's name? His he's, first name, Bob. He's not. Oh no, but it's like he's not first name basis. There are a few players like you. Maybe you could say CD or something. Like, there are a few players who are on first name basis level in the NFL. Like Lamar. You know who you're talking about here. Lamar Miller, right? Yeah, I'm not trading you Lamar Miller. Andrew H. in Cincinnati says, hey there, Jimmy, Jimmy, James, and Arsenio. Late night oh, host. Oh, late night host, yeah. Um, is Kadarius on a first-name basis yet? I mean, he, with me, he is, but actually, he's KT to me. But you know. The problem is that if you call him Tony, they'll think that you're talking about somebody else. Yeah, probably. All right, I'm the commissioner of a dynasty league. A manager sent a trade through the platform where he sent Hopkins and two future first-round picks for Jerry Judy. So he sent Hopkins wow. and two future firsts for Jerry Judy. The Judy manager accepted it, and it was processed immediately. After seeing the trade confirmation, the original Hopkins manager said that he meant to add the picks to the Judy side and that the trade should be reversed. If he sent the trade through the platform and it was accepted, should I, as the commissioner, reverse the trade? Sounds like something Adam Azer would definitely do. Yeah, like what? That I would I would put the picks on the wrong side, or I would reverse. No, you the would trade. reverse this trade. I would reverse the trade in a second. This yeah. is a more reversible trade than the last one that we discussed. Yeah, but this is also user error. Yeah, it does depend. Also, like if this is a league amongst friends, then absolutely reverse the trade and just make fun of this guy for the rest of his life. <laughs> if this is a league for money, not amongst friends, mm, you think you screwed up? Yeah, because you set you set a precedent where it's easy to to back out, right? I mean, yeah. Like my friends or my leagues are amongst friends and coworkers, so I would I would back it out. I would trust the person that he made a mistake, but you could just say, "Hey, man, you gotta you gotta do a better job." So. All right, what, what do we say? So, yeah, it depends, on the, it depends on the circumstances of the league. Yep. Great. That's your Fantasy Cops edition for week seven. We got your questions at Apple Podcasts and your emails. This is from Apple Podcasts from Elso, Elsonian? I don't know, Elsonian? Hey, Jax, Clay, Juice, and Opie. Oh, yeah, Sons of Anarchy. That's a good one. Which two wide receivers should I roster rest of season in an eight-team non-PPR league? Mike Williams, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson. Pick two rest of season, non-PPR. Mike Williams, Michael Thomas, Sutton, Deontay Johnson. If we're ignoring buys and IR spots, I would say Johnson and Williams. Yep. From Brian, I'm 3-3, three and 10-team three, league. My running back is PPR. My running backs are Kareem Hunt and Daryl Williams right now. I have Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Who should I trade for? Probably a running back. Yeah. Um, yikes. I guess I would try to trade Devontae Adams for Derrick Henry. Well, good luck with that because it's not going to happen. I would trade Tyreek Hill able- for Austin Eckler, who's on a bye. And I would too. Good luck well, the point that. is that you need a running back for this week. Well, right? you might go three and four, and that's okay because you have Austin Eckler the rest of the season, and Tyreek Hill's bye is going to come up. But you can be three and four and make the playoffs. It's not the end of the world. Why don't you aim for Jonathan Taylor with one of those receivers? His bye doesn't come for a long time. He's not having a great stretch. I like Eckler better. I do too, but you can't start Eckler this week. Yeah, but why do you, you have to win zero. this week? Play, play for the play for the rest of the season. I'm not going to, because Taylor's going to have a buy at some point. I'm not going to, you know, make week seven everything here. Guy needs a running back. Yeah, get Eckler. For three weeks, and Daryl Williams is going to be toast in a few weeks. But I'm just not certain that Eckler is going to be better than Tyreek Hill rest of season. Like, it's not, if I'd make Tyreek Hill for Austin Eckler, I don't fix my running back problem this week, and now I have a wide receiver problem. Well, but in any case, you're going to have a wide receiver problem, right? If you trade Tyreek Hill. For, I guess you could go trade Tyreek Hill for, you know, Mixon and... Could you try to trade him Deontay for Mixon Johnson. and Keenan Allen? Yeah, okay, that could work. Yeah, All right, time for some emails. Cool if you had somebody who would accept that trade in your league. 
fantasyfootball at cbsi.com is the email address. I think you got a better chance of it being like Leonard Fournette and Terry McLaurin. Okay. Matt uh, wants to know what you think about Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson moving forward. What do you think the Rams' backfield looks like? After this year. Right, yeah, after this year. I think it comes down to how well Cam Akers comes back from his injury. And it's an, it's an Achilles, so it's going to take him a while to be able to prove that he can come back to what he once was. I think it's going to be difficult for him, and my guess is that the Rams will probably use both guys. I, I don't know what the contract situation is for Henderson, but let's just say they're both on the team next year. They'll use both guys. They'll mix and match them until one breaks out. The Marlon Mack playing this year, even at a mediocre level at times, has been very encouraging for the possibility of Cam Akers being good next year. I think the ex- it also depends heavily on whether Daryl Henderson can get through the next 11 games unscathed. His, he's had such a hard time staying healthy. Right. I think the most likely outcome is either Henderson and Akers in a committee next year or the Rams add a new running back next year. Dylan is 4-2. and two. He's in a three-receiver PPR league. Would you trade CeeDee Lamb for Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Colin yep. Bates wants to know, what's a better trade? Give up Mixon and Knox for Najee Harris or give up Naheem Hines and Knox for Miles Sanders? Both, but both I'd probably give Najee Harris. Yes. Steven wants to know, do I trade Julio Jones and Jamal Williams yeah. for Clyde Edward Clyde Edwards Elair? I think that's a good move with the long term in mind. You're consolidating your roster. You're going to give yourself a running back that you'll feel okay starting as a number two option. You clear out a bench spot. It, it, it's a very generous offer, to be honest, for Clyde. I just man. If Darrell Williams has two more games like he just had, and he wasn't particularly efficient, his yards per carry were bad, but I just kind of feel like the the split will be even more ingrained when Clyde comes back. Just playing it because I like the music. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in on YouTube, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening. We appreciate it. Start or sit for the AFC home games on Thursday's show. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.